Hello, and welcome to the Latter-day Ladies Podcast. I am your host and your friend, Jenny Moss. This is where we talk about life on the covenant path, and we link our arms and just try to enjoy the ride together. Guys, episode 96, can you believe it? We're almost to 100. I'm trying to think of something fun to do for 100 episodes, so if you think of something, send me an email or a DM, and I would love your input. Today, we're going to talk about teaching the gospel to our children. And for those of us who do not have kids at this time, just teaching the gospel to the children around us, because we all have the opportunity to rub shoulders with cute little nuggets. I hope that if there's any fear surrounding this subject, it can be able to dissipate as we talk about clear and simple directives that the leadership have given us to help us know how to immerse ourselves and our children in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, first of all, I want to testify to you that your children and the children in your lives and circle of influences have been placed there by God. God is in the details of the details of our life. He has put those children there to be nurtured by you specifically. Your calling in the preexistence was important and specific. God does not randomly do anything, and he wouldn't randomly send children into your family or circle of influence either. It's critical that you are the person to instruct and nurture the children around you. Your testimony and experience will speak to your ability to testify of the truths you need to teach at this time. I'm going to share a couple concepts from the talk called Essential Conversations by Joy Jones. Essential means absolutely necessary. So these are things that are absolutely necessary that we communicate to the children around us. But as conversations go, we must be active listeners to determine how to teach to the children's concerns and questions. Sister Jones shared this story, quote, a young mother and father sat at the kitchen table reviewing their day. From down the hall, they heard a thud. The mother asked, what was that? (laughs) Then they heard a soft cry coming from their four-year-old's bedroom. They rushed down the hall and there, there he was lying on the floor next to his bed. The mother picked up the little boy and asked what had happened. He said, I fell out of the bed. She said, why did you fall out of the bed? He shrugged and said, I don't know. I guess I didn't get in far enough. (laughs) It is our privilege and responsibility to help children get far enough into the gospel of Jesus Christ. End quote. As she stated, this gospel is important for us to be all in. It's not a peripheral teaching or church. This is a immersive, inclusive, and gospel that asks us to give our all, whatever that looks like. Teaching our children that life doesn't include the gospel, but that it is the gospel of Jesus Christ will help us and them see the purpose for commandments and covenants and establishing a relationship with God. So how do we best encourage our children to desire to be immersed in the gospel of Jesus Christ? I believe we need to show them the joy of living it. I loved last week in conference, Elder Christensen, I believe this was Saturday afternoon, he said, comfort and joy are not the same thing. 
And I love that uh, distinction that he made because our children can see and understand that immersing ourselves in the gospel of Jesus Christ is probably not going to be very comfortable, but that through the discomfort, we can find so much joy that the real power of covenants and a relationship with God is that we can have lasting happiness, lasting joy, lasting covenants and bonds towards our heavenly family. This is the reason that we need to show them that being immersed in the gospel is worth every single effort. Sister Jones then said this, quote, We cannot wait for a conversion to simply happen to our children. Accidental conversion is not a principle of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Being intentional in loving, teaching, and testifying can help children begin at a young age to feel the influence of the Holy Ghost. Sister Jones then says this, quote, The Holy Ghost is essential to our children's testimony of and conversion to Jesus Christ. When we desire them to, quote, always remember him, that they may have his spirit to be with them, quote, end quote, sorry. (laughs) So how can we cultivate the Holy Ghost in our home? I believe there are three simple things we can do. Number one, we cultivate the Holy Ghost within ourselves first, making sure that we are spiritually ready. So reading our scriptures consistently, praying, turning our life over to God, listening to promptings and acting on them can all be ways that we connect and cultivate the Holy Ghost within us. Number two, music and media that invites the spirit, even when the kids aren't around. I've noticed when I'm very careful with the things that I consume, uh, it is much easier for me to cultivate the Holy Ghost within my person. And number three, consistent efforts to bring the gospel and our personal witness of Jesus Christ into everyday activity. I love this quote from Elder Holland, and he makes this promise when we testify about Christ. Quote, they are not only hearing our testimony of Christ, but they are hearing echoes of other earlier testimonies, including their own testimony of him. For when they were on the the side of the faithful who kept their first estate and earned the privilege of a second estate, we must always remember that every man, woman, and child were among the valiant who once overcame Satan by the power of their testimony of Christ. So when they hear others bear witness of Christ's saving mission, it has a familiar feeling. It brings an echo of truth they themselves already know, end quote. Our children will feel the truths we share reverberate in their souls as we simply and consistently testify of Christ. I've seen this with my children. Um, I will often ask them, like, when do you feel the Spirit? And then I have to redefine what that means. And so they'll say, well, uh, remind me what the Spirit is again. I say, okay, it's love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I feel it when we watch our church videos. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. I feel the Spirit when we do that too. And uh, I feel it, Mom, when you sing the primary songs. And I'm like, oh, totally, yes. That is when I feel the Spirit too, when I sing those songs and when I hear them. And it's so sweet because... uh, Recently, my son Winston said, Mommy, 
I feel the spirit when Georgie snuggles me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, totally. I feel the spirit too. They know and can come to realize what that Holy Ghost feels like when they have consistent experiences with it. And when we help point it out, what it is, what it feels like, and uh, it can help their experience be more defined. Sister Jones shared what we should teach with kids under the age of seven. She says, quote, understand the doctrine of repentance, have faith in Christ, the son of the living God, choose baptism and the gift of the Holy Ghost when eight years old and pray and walk uprightly before the Lord. Then she talks about the fall of Adam, the atonement of Jesus Christ, and the importance of being born again. So I asked myself, why would all these elements be so crucial to teach our young children? I believe the purpose is to understand the who, what, when, where, and why of our existence. The who is always us and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Savior, is the center of all doctrine and purpose. We need him to progress. We need him to know why to progress. And we need him to show us how to progress. And he, we need him to show us when to progress. It's incredible to me that all of those questions are answered by the simple phrase, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then Sister Jones says this, quote, Caring conversations happening naturally and consistently can lead to better understanding and answers, end quote. I have found in my own life that every single talent or skill that I've possessed and worked on has taken consistency. It's also taken a lot of consistency and practice having conversations about the gospel with my kids. It's different than having conversations with adults, right? And so I've had to learn how to um, almost gauge their understanding and be able to tailor lessons to their individual needs. It's something I'm continually practicing and continually trying to work on. But I've seen that as I've put effort into it, the Lord meets me where I am and has helped assist in that effort. And I am so grateful because I need him. Having gospel conversations scattered throughout our day has led to more questions and opportunities to testify of the Savior Jesus Christ, and I've actually felt more connection in our home because of it, which is a wonderful blessing. Sister Jones then said this, quote, additional opportunities for essential conversations can occur through role-playing. Family members can act out situations by of being tempted or pressured to make a bad choice. Such an exercise can fortify children to be prepared in a challenging situation. End quote. Just like practicing for a musical so that your nerves are controlled and you can sing what you've prepared, or if you have an awkward conversation you need to have with a loved one or a boss, you practice with someone beforehand. There's a really cute story of my brother-in-law when he was really little <laughs> and my mother-in-law asked, what do you do when someone at school offers you drugs? <laughs> and he said, oh, no, thanks. My mom already packed me some. So I think that that, that went pretty well. 
But we have tried to do similar things with our children and we've practiced, you know, what do you do if someone says bad words around you or bully other kids? What would you say? How would you act? Or if you hear something from a friend or a teacher that's negative about Jesus Christ, what would you say then? It's really important for kids to be able to feel comfortable acting those things out and trying to um, understand how to have conversations that may be uncomfortable for them. It's honestly great for adults too. And we're able to talk through those situations and give them more uh, verbiage to be able to express how they're feeling, right? I remember I had to have a conversation with one of my kids uh, who was being bullied by a child at school. And it took some coaxing, a lot of coaxing to get out the details of what happened. But when he finally let us know the entire situation, we talked through uh, some different models and role plays to help him respond if he was spoken to and treated the same way again. The situation did happen again, and a teacher called me and told me how my son handled it. He had said to the boy who was being unkind, quote, God says to love your enemies, so I'm going to do that. I forgive you for calling me names and teasing me, end quote. I was so proud when I found that out, but I also felt like it was an empowering situation for him to be able to follow something that the Lord has instructed us to do and then feel the positive consequences from that. His teacher reinforced it. I reinforced it. And I know that he felt within himself pride, like good pride for making the right decision. Sister Jones then continues, as children learn and progress, their beliefs will be challenged, but as they are properly equipped, they can grow in faith, courage, and confidence, even in the midst of strong opposition, end quote. Sister Jones does not say their beliefs might be challenged. She says they will be, but we can equip them for those situations and tailor our teaching to them personally through the spirit. It's very interesting that I was prompted to talk about this today because I asked the Lord today why it was so hard to teach as a parent um, sometimes because, you know, it's Easter. You want to have a powerful spiritual discussion and a couple of the discussions were not as powerful and a lot more distracting than I had anticipated. And then this beautiful quote from Elder Holland came into my mind. Um, He is talking to missionaries, but I'm going to sub the words missionary work for parenting to illustrate my point. Quote, I am convinced that parenthood is not easy because salvation is not a cheap experience. Salvation never was easy. We are the church of Jesus Christ. This is the truth. And he is our great eternal head. How could we believe it would be easy for us when it was never, ever easy for him? End quote. It's not an easy task because the salvation of our children is not a cheap experience. The equaled opposition of helping our children receive eternal life will be a massive force. And if you're feeling that force of opposition right now, you are not alone but I know that your work is being seen and recorded in the heavens. I wanted to end with the encouraging words by Elder Holland, who said this about motherhood, quote, if you try your best 
to be the best parent you can be, you will have done all that a human being can do and all that God expects you to do. End quote. I know that the Spirit has the power to help you tailor your conversations, help you make them specific and individual for your children and the children around you. God cares about you and he cares about you having these conversations consistently in your life. You're doing incredible. Keep going. Your testimony will be powerful, powerful for these little ones. Have an amazing day. Bye. If you'd like to continue this conversation, find us on Instagram at the Latter Day Ladies or on our website, thelatterdayladies.com.